0: Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning. So, it's not about being saved, it's about living saved. That's what this series is all about. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying Life Group. I know that uh, right now I'm two timing, I have two Life Groups on the go right now. Typically, I don't recommend that. I recommend just find one, but our groups are so big, we need more leaders. So um, if, if you're not in a life group, get in a life group. It's not too late. Go to the website, find a life group near you. Um, but we are going to have to multiply. After these five weeks of going through this series, there's a couple life groups that are already going to start over in multiplying into uh, new homes and new leaders, new groups. So... Uh, it'll be a great time to get plugged in. Hopefully, you guys are using your books. Uh, my apologies. We did, a, we did a book run thinking that we would have enough for everybody, but everybody loved the books. And uh, if you have extra books in your life group, please bring them back and uh, leave them at the info hub so we can give those away to other people who are looking for the books. There is a weekly devotional in there, a daily devotional. Um, how many people have done that? How? Raise up your hand. Awesome. That's great. Um, hopefully, God is speaking to you as you're going through that. Well, I have to say, um, I really have begun to understand the differences between guys and girls. We all know men are from Mars and women from Venus or something like that. But But it has been so clear to me um, I'm now coaching soccer again. I'm starting all over in in going with the younger uh, grades, and I can't remember um, how. Well, I can not remember, but I didn't didn't really remember until yesterday the difference between guys and girls at that age, third and fourth grade. So here's the middle of the game, and here's the boys. They're going after it hard, and they're like, you know, kicking the ball and knocking other guys over, and they're just like. going after it. Meanwhile, I was like, go guys, go. And two little girls sitting in the corner, having a little conversation and just chatting about life in the middle of the play. And um, I was like, girls, the ball is coming. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's fun. I was like, girls are just so social and like not super competitive I know girls are competitive but at that age is just probably they're, they're functioning in their purest state so um, all you guys find a guy and give him a fist pump and give a grunt while you're doing it right now go ahead boom Woo. so that, that's a guy thing girls if you find go right now find a girl to hug just, just hug them just, just give them a little love tell them how much they're awesome and there you go all right, now we got that out of our system, you know, it's just like the guy-girl thing. Um, but, it, but it really, from a guy's perspective, I have to figure out, how, in a coach's perspective, how to coach through that. Like, you don't want to crush the spirit of those girls who just want to pick pansies and talk about life in the middle of a game. But, well, anyways, today we are going to be talking about the word sozo as it relates to being saved, delivered. So week number one, we talked about being rescued, saved, being rescued. And we talked about, he took us from our current state of separation between God and allowed Jesus to come. What we just did with communion is really the great um, illustration of that. Jesus came onto the scene and connected us back in right, right relationship with our Father in heaven. That was week one. Week two, last week, we were talking about being saved. The sozo word means uh, healed or made whole. And we had an opportunity to pray for people and actually even on our, on our worship night, which was incredible. The next worship night you guys will have, you have to be here. It was incredible. Um, but God is doing an incredible work of not just rescuing us, but he's making us whole and he is healing us. Today, we're talking about being delivered. It's different from being rescued, and, and the be- best way to describe it is really, I'm going to use this illustration, it's, it's understanding delivery. Understanding delivery. This is a pizza box. So how many people have had pizza delivered to your house? Raise your hand. All right, so you understand delivery. By the way, I hope you tip those guys well. They work hard. Um, Because delivery is this, it gets made, the pizza gets made at the pizza place, but then gets delivered to another location, your house. So the whole idea of delivery, it's he's delivering us from here to there. So the idea of delivery is going from here to there. And what God does is we're going to uncover today, He wants to not only rescue us, so we're in right relationship with our Father, and this is a moment in time, and then not only does He want to heal us and make us whole, but He wants to deliver us to a better place. Anybody want to be in a better place? And the better place is not just heaven. We all know that there are days we're saying, heaven looks awfully good right now, Right? (laughs) Um, but he wants us to live heaven now, live, experience heaven now. If you have your Bibles, the first and foremost, if you have your Bibles, grab it and uh, give a little wave in the air, give a little wave in the air. Wow, we're getting better and better each week, thank you so much. Somebody came up to me and, and said, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on us with this Bible thing, and like, like I should be ashamed of that, and um, this is a church We bring our Bibles. But the reason why she was saying, you know, it was like putting pressure. She goes, I bring my Bible, but I can't read it anyways. The words are too small. So she goes, I'm lugging this big heavy thing around just to make you happy, but I can't even read it. (laughs) So I says, you know what? There is an app on your phone, by the way. It's called a reader, and you can just run your phone over the, the words, and it makes it bigger for you. Just an aside, help you out there. Ephesians, if you turn to the book of Ephesians, that's in the New Testament, and um, it's page 977 in my Bible, it will not be the same number in your Bible, but it'll get you in the general sense of where it is, but Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1. I'm not putting this scripture on the screen to encourage you to follow along in your Bibles, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked this is Ephesians 2 verse 1 following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind And by nature, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy, can everybody say rich in mercy? mercy. God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loves us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, isn't this good? He still loved us, even though we were dead in our trespasses. He still loved us made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. That word saved, sozo, actually means delivered. By grace, you have been delivered. Remember, delivered is moving from here to there. Here to there. He's delivered you from your current state of You know, not really having it together in life. And he's delivering you to a better life. Well, the way we can best to kind of understand this idea of delivery and deliverance is understanding another account that took place in the scriptures. Um, You can follow along. I'm not going to be reading all the scriptures, but if you want to know where it is in your Bible, it's in Exodus so Genesis, Exodus. We're going to get you guys really fluent in the Bible here before too long. That is my goal. I know a lot of you are, but some of you are saying, you're asking, I want to know more of the Bible. And we're going to, we're going to help you know more of the Bible. So in Exodus, we have an account of, of Moses. Moses, who becomes the deliverer for the children of Israel who are in slavery in Egypt. Now, to put context to this story, we kind of have to understand where it fits in the timeline of things. So we have Abraham, who has Isaac. We talked about this a little bit. We also had um, Isaac and Ishmael. They were brothers or half-brothers. Then we have Isaac had a son named Jacob, And Jacob had um, some, well, it was Jacob and Esau. And Jacob had some kids. He had 12 of them. They were the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of those guys, of his sons, became also another form of a deliverer. His name was Joseph. Remember Joseph, the guy who had the coat of many colors. His sons, his brothers sold him off into slavery he was put in prison. He worked for Potiphar. Then somebody made some lies against him. Then he became the prince of Egypt. God used Joseph to become the prince of Egypt. Well, here's where now we fast forward. 300 years go by. All of Joseph's family now moves to, to Egypt, and they start having families and kids. And the scripture says that, that the new pharaoh forgot about Joseph's family and what Joseph's family or Joseph did for Egypt. And they were threatened by how numerous Joseph's family was or Jacob's family was. And so at this point in time, their solution to that was to enslave the Israelites into hard labor. And and it was at that point in time, the other solution that the Pharaoh had was to say, you know what? What? We are going to drown all the first, well, actually all the boys, the Israelite boys in Egypt, and this was the way that we were going to basically have genocide on them to prevent them from being powerful. Well, this is where we find this story. Moses is a little baby. His mom says, I don't want him to be drowned, puts him in a little basket in the Nile River. He ends up um, being found by Pharaoh's daughter. Um, Pharaoh's daughter raise him, raises him as her own um, in, um, in Egypt. And then what we find is the deliverer, God, speaks to Moses. And he says, I want to set them free. I want to set my people free. And I want you to begin to see yourself in this story. Because this is a historical account, but, but there has great significance for each one of you here today. And you're going to find yourself in this account in a variety of places. Maybe today you feel like there's bondage in your life. Maybe you feel like this is not the best life that you envision for yourself. And you have to understand that what God was doing through Moses was allowing the children of Israel to go from here, slavery, hard labor. And he wanted to bring them to there, which was a promised land, which is a land flowing of milk and honey, where there's going to be prosperity, where there's going to be peace, where there's going to be joy. I've talked with many of you over the weeks, and you feel like you're here. You feel like life is just not going great for you. I wanted to tell you something. That he wants you to live saved. He wants you to live delivered. He wants to deliver you from here and bring you to there. And he has a promise for you. And he has a great life for you. And he has good things in store for you. But there's some things that, that, that you're going to have to overcome. You see, in the process of delivering the Israelites out of the bondage of of Egypt into a promised land, they first had to acknowledge who their deliverer was. It was Moses. You see, Moses could have just been any guy, but God chose to use Moses in the lives of the Israelites to set them free. At some point in time, you have to choose who's going to be your deliverer. We know that ultimately Jesus is. We need to look to him for the solutions of our life. It is not going to be found in what the world has to offer. I will guarantee you that. Jesus has a solution. But I would also say this. Just as God used a man, God will use people in our lives. This is why church is so important. This is why even more important, life group is so important. To do life with people. Those people can be acting as the, the deliverers for your life. But we know, ultimately, it's Jesus who's the ultimate deliverer. So Moses, so, but here's the interesting thing. What do they have to go through? So they have, you first have to identify who's the deliverer, Jesus. Next, you have to understand this. Point number two, if you like to take notes, this would be a good place to start taking notes. Number one, understand who is your deliverer. Understand who's your deliverer. Then put a big capital, J-E-S-U-S, exclamation point. Underline it. If you have highlighter, highlight it. All right. (laughs) Point number two is you have to understand at some point in time, it's not going to be in a walk in a park to be able to get to the place of deliverance. Remember, going from here to there. What did they have to go through? Yes, parts of that. But how did they first get out of Egypt? Plagues. There were plagues. There were these awful plagues that went and typically plagued most of the Egyptians. But I'm sure the Israelites also had to go through a difficult time, difficult season with those plagues. You know, sometimes life has these circumstances in it that you're like, this does not make sense. This does not look like deliverance. This just looks like chaos. This looks like crazy. But sometimes in the midst of the chaos and the crazy, God is actually working something good for your life. So that's why it's important to keep looking at your deliverer and not look at your circumstance because your circumstance is going to fool you. If the Israelites were just looking at their circumstance, they're saying, what is going on? There's plagues all around us. Man, has God brought us here to die? And we're already slaves. Now he's going to kill us? All right. Point number, so point number one, who's your deliverer? Point number two, you have to understand that your circumstance does not necessarily define your direction for deliverance. Third, in the step of going from here to there with deliverance, you have to understand you're going to have to overcome the idea that sometimes things seem so impossible. God, how in the world am I going to be delivered from this addiction? I've tried everything. God, you don't understand my situation. It is impossible. Guess what? Crossing the Red Sea seemed pretty impossible. God, you brought us this far, and they're behind us, and and yet we're in the process of delivery, and then we have an obstacle that comes in front of us. It's like, there is no way. That's it. We're done. But in the midst of the impossible, God made it possible. See, that's what God does. He loves dealing with the impossible because he is not confined by the realm of our dimension. He's not confined by the laws and physics of this world. By the way, he created everything. He can do whatever he wants. And he can provide a miracle for you that you think it's impossible. But he wants to be your deliverer. To go from here to there, but you have to come face to face with the impossible and you need to press in. Moses kept his hands held high, hours upon hours, seeking God. Oh, God! And when his hands started getting a little. Who were the two guys that held up his hands? I don't know who it was. You look at it in the Bible, figure it out. <laughs> There's two guys who held up his hands. And I'll tell you, when you come face to face with what seems impossible, you better have some people around your life that will hold up your hands, who will stand in the gap for you, who will press in, who will pray. That's why Life Group is so important. So that's point number three. God loves to deal with the impossible. So the moment you come up to something that seems impossible, press in and let, let God do, make it possible what you think is impossible. Point number four. So as they get out and now into the wilderness, they actually weren't wandering the wilderness right away. They went in to spy into the land. And in the process from going from here. To their understanding the deliverer wanted to bring them to a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. There was a problem in this land though, this promised land. There were giants in this land, there were there was opposition in this land. And they sent out some spies to go spy on it, and only two people came back with a good report, and the rest of them said there's no way. There's no way. And because of that, they wandered the desert for a long time. If you want to know how many years it is, look it up in the Bible. I'm going to get you guys in your Bibles yet. So so what did they have to overcome eventually to go in the promised land? They They had to face their fear. And I'm telling you and me that when, when we're going after the, the deliverance of going from here to there, the promised land that God has promised for us, for us we're going to have to come face to face with our fears. God, it looks too difficult. How am I going to accomplish this? You've promised it, God, but I don't know how. And your insecurities start to mount, and and all of a sudden you have to say, maybe I should just back away, man, you should back away. No, 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 press in, press in, press in. Overcome your fear. Do, Do you see all these things that are potential obstacles to get from here to there? I think some people saying, hey, I'm just coming to Jesus, and my life is great. Well, you do find peace when you come to Jesus. You do find acceptance and you do find unconditional love, but to receive the promises that he has for you, you have to be willing to look to Jesus as your deliverer. You have to come face-to-face with those things that seem impossible and believe that he is more than possible, more than able. Then you've got to look at those giants and you've got to battle fear face-to-face. You've got fear, no, 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 you're not going to control me any longer. And then you walk into the place of abundance. Then you walk into that promised land. You see, Jesus is worth following. Our negative circumstances might be the tool for our deliverance. Isn't that interesting? The negative circumstances might be the very thing for the tool of our deliverance. Let God do the impossible. Don't fear. Don't let fear hold you back from the promises that God has for you. The worship team wants to come up at this time. I I have a scripture for you. It's found in two places in the Bible, but in Luke chapter 4. Luke's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Hear the rustling pages? I'm listening for them. Luke chapter 4. And I'm not even bookmarking my my passages anymore because I just realized if it takes me a while to find it, it's going to take you a while to find it. And if I just flip right open to it, then you're going to be like discouraged. Man, he's finding it so fast. I can't find it. And It's okay, guys. We'll learn together. Luke chapter 4. Verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. These are Jesus' words. Hallelujah. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's also found in Isaiah 61, verse 1. You see, he's in the process of delivering us from here to there. And in the middle of those places, from here to there, needs to be found faith. You see, here might be bondages, stress, fear, lack, tears, pain. But there is abundance, freedom, joy, new life. And in between it is those obstacles that's going to require faith. Courage that's over going to come fear. That's what's found between here and there. But we have a deliverer who's going to walk with us every step of the way. That's the good news. Because from here to there is a lot of challenges along the way. It doesn't happen overnight. But by trusting our deliverer, our Father who can do the impossible, who's more than able... To not get distracted by your circumstances in life, between here and there, there's a lot of fear that you're going to have to overcome. It's going to be up to some giants that you're going to have to face in your life. But I'll tell you what, it will be worth every minute of it because there is fullness of joy. There is abundance. There is where you find fulfillment in this life that He's designed for you. But too often we stay here. We give our life to Jesus, and but we stay here because the there seems like too far away. But every day you can wake up the next day and say, Jesus, you are my deliverer. And I'm gonna allow my faith to rise. Because I know that you're a good, good king, Jesus. And you have a great father who's going to get you there. He's going to get you there. He will. But you got to follow Jesus. You've got to have other people in your life who will get you, help you get you there. For some of you this morning, fear has gripped you. You've seen glimpses of there but you're still stuck here you still find yourself in bondages and, and, and you're finding yourself like those children of Israel It's like, God you had so many great promises but we're kind of stuck but can I also tell you something what happened to the children of Israel they got in the desert and then all of a sudden they started looking back and saying you know what maybe slavery was better some of you have tried getting out of the bondages that you have. This is what's happened. You've come to Jesus, but you kind of get stuck. And you get stuck under here. And it just looks like so much darkness is around you and and you, you have a feeling of where there is, but you just start flailing in here. And you get stuck here, and, and bondage finds you here, and you're stuck and you don't know how to get out. But but you get one hand out. And I hope the first hand that you reach for is Jesus' hand. But then he'd reach another hand out. And that, that other hand would be a hand of a friend, of another person who's going after Jesus too. And eventually, yeah, you still wear the cloak a little bit of darkness. But you begin to start seeing the light. You begin to start saying, wait a second, maybe there is hope to be found. And I understand some of you today are here. Maybe you're still cloaked down there in bondage. How's my hair, by the way? Did I mess it up? All right, just checking. And today I want to give you hope to say, even though you might be here, there's there for you. Freedom. You do not have to wear the cloak anymore. There's freedom. Freedom. Jesus wants to be your deliverer. And he's faithful to get you from here to there. He doesn't want you just to make a decision to be saved. He wants to deliver you and set you free into this life that he has planned for you. Father, we thank you so much For loving us so much. (laughs) For giving us Jesus who is our deliverer. For understanding that you've given each one of us a promised land to go after. But we're not to do that alone. We're to walk hand in hand, step in step with you, Jesus. But we need to deal with others in our life. Father, I thank you so much for the amazing things that you have in store for us. Father, this morning, for those who still battle with fear, for those who still battle the bondages, who are still wearing the cloak of darkness, Father, I pray that courage begins to stir. When they begin to see those impossible situations, let them understand that you are are the God who loves to deal with the impossible. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being our deliverer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.